This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Hey guys, welcome back. Part two of my interview with John Kelly. So yesterday we got hit with the, uh, I call them the internet gremlins. You know, like when, when when everything is going smooth, all of a sudden, like something just like, yeah, you get Dude, kicked off. <laughs> blame China, bro. It was something. It was a Chinese router. That's what happened, uh, man. They, Chinese they, router. I don't know where my router's made. Everything is made in China, though. China, probably, bro. And that's what There's happened. There's a good chance. There's a the good American chance. American flag in the background. They were like, we're going to nuke this dude's podcast. <laughs> so when we left off, when we left off, you were yeah. talking, you were talking about addiction. Oh, and by the way, when I was uh, when I was doing the dishes upstairs, I was thinking of the B's because you like the, I had the A, B, C's, and D's, <laughs> and uh, I had I had a boss when I was young on the job, and he said uh, the three things that get guys are booze, broads, and bra- and and bargains, bargains. He didn't bargains. say broads; okay. he said he said bargains. So so like we don't have a big bribe problem because everyone in my department uh, makes very good money. Right. So, so we have a problem with guys going and showing their shield and showing their tin and like, Hey, can you, know, can you, can you, uh, can you on ho- hook this up on the arm, on the arm? Yeah. Can you hook this up a little bit? So that's, that's yeah. the problem with a lot of people's uh, mindset. They're used to getting things uh, discounted or free. Right. And then when they don't, they lose their minds. Or, or they say the wrong thing and make right. and and embarrass other people, so it's not oh, yeah, you know, no. no, it's, it's not dude, it's not a good we thing. We can't get out of our own way, man. No, nope. we, really <laughs> we got it so good at times, man, and it just takes a couple of guys, man, a couple of guys to just destroy it, right? Yeah. Well, look at uh, look at 2020. Like it was the uh, the beginning of the pandemic, right? And like everyone is like shuttered in, and then all of a sudden the whole country explodes because this one cop does this stupid, stupid thing, and now and now all of a sudden all cops are out there just you know beating on people. Right, dude. If if the public only knew how much we don't want to have a confrontation, right? Like your perfect day is not fighting with anybody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, listen. Somehow they think that like we just ride around like three and four deep looking to jump out. And looking to jump people. out, right? No. Right. If if I gotta put hands on you, man, it's just not good. It's not gonna end well for. It's anybody. not good. It's not good for anybody. And then no, you know man. you got all this paperwork and you got the no. headache and the stress of it afterwards. It's just a lot that goes with it. And like, no one no one wants to. First of all, no one wants to kill anybody. No one wants to shoot 100%. anyone. 100%. No one wants to. No one wants to get anyone else's blood on them. <laughs> no, no, no. It, listen, yeah. you know, that's why I think sometimes you see, you know, you watch a video of cops like not engaging. They're like, they're, right. you're like, all right, all right, motherfucker, do your job, right? You, you're going to have to get dirty on this one because right, he's chasing right. you around the car with a machete. 
at some point. I saw a video where the guy was chasing the cop down with a gun. And I don't know if you saw that one. He was like, he walked up to him. He was definitely emotionally disturbed. And he's pointing a gun at the cop and he's like telling the cop to take his hand off of his gun and like telling, he was telling him to give him his gun. And I can't remember if he shot the cop or not. I think he might have let off a round. It was right. like a crazy, crazy video. Dude, you know, it's it's what happens though, bro, is when, you know, when you have this backlash, right? The pendulum guys, swung too far. Yeah, well, because then guys won't, not only will, will they not engage proactively, right? That's out the window. Dudes are just sitting, they're standing by, they get the call, they roll, they're done, they go hook back up with their buddies, and they're sitting under a tree somewhere, just chilling, waiting. Forget for about proactive. Forget right? about no, being proactive, yeah. No, because, you know, it comes at a cost, man. Um, yep. And so, guys right now have figured it out. Listen, I uh, let me see. I don't get paid any more for, you know, engaging the criminal element i just i'm just you know i'm gonna i'm gonna roll man i'm gonna roll with you know, with my boys we're gonna handle the call two three of us everything's everything's everything we're gonna be safe and then we'll uh, we'll regroup we'll grab a cup of coffee we'll chill out and then when we get dispatched to something else we'll go again but uh i tell you what man public's got to be careful what they wish for you know yeah yeah, it's, got, it, it's definitely it's I, I I'm an optimist, though. I'm an internal optimist. And I believe that at some point enough people will uh, wake up and say, all right, enough's enough. You know, like Absolutely. it's already starting to happen when you see uh, people with serious felony crimes getting bailed out. I know Florida is a lot different because your governor is on he's on board, you know. Right. <laughs> but I know our governor, man, our governor doesn't play. Yeah, uh, he's all about, you know, making sure that, you know, that uh, that the bad guys go to prison, law, man. Yeah, there's a rule yeah. of law yeah. that you know what, yep. if you step out of bounds, you're gonna get smacked, and uh, yep. you know, not, nothing heavy-handed, man. But yeah, he uh, he's kind of a um, a realist, right? He's, he's he just says, you know, hey, listen, you know, men shouldn't be, you know swimming against women you know no matter how they identify that just doesn't seem right right you know i don't even know what you know like why we're having this debate right he's a dude he identifies as somebody else and that's cool man i'm, I'm down with that and not rock on but you know you can't be going up against Susie, you know smoking her in every race when this girl's like you know she's <laughs> been doing this her whole life and the best she can do is second place you know that's dave Chappelle. Cool. dave Chappelle had the joke about lebron james going to the wnba <laughs> that's beautiful that's that's it right i mean that's that, that's that it. it that's uh, it lebron wakes up one morning and says i feel like a chick okay yeah and, he, yeah, and no. then he starts taking and then he starts taking hormones right he starts no, taking sorry. hormones and get like no, you cannot play in the WNBA. No. Sorry, man. You know, you can wear the high heels, man, and do whatever you want with your hair, bro. But you can't. You cannot can't play in the kids. WNBA, right? Oh, no, that's hysterical, yeah. dude. I don't know, man. I think people have just lost their minds. Uh, but you know what, though, um, I think the people that have lost their minds have just been amplified, and we just need they, they've more. Got the biggest voice, right, brother? We need more voices of common right. sense. That, that's all yeah they got the and that's the thing right like going back like the squeaky wheel right squeaky wheel always yep. gets the oil well whoever's yelling and raising the you know raising the roof over whatever nonsense people get all panicked and they're like oh, oh we, we, we don't want to we don't want to offend anybody so we better just play along they're like you know motherfucker that, you know it's okay to be you know offend somebody it's okay to hurt somebody's feelings you know yeah. it's, so not everybody gets a trophy man you know and not everybody gets a trophy when we left off you were talking about how uh you had been sober for 24 26 years 26 now yeah 26 man. years and you were saying that the uh addiction to steroids was harder oh yeah than... crazy bro crazy I, I don't know it's weird right so if you're an addict you're an addict right and so it doesn't matter what the thing is see i made the mistake of thinking that just because i kind of had a handle on alcohol that i wasn't an addict anymore 
And that's a, that's a tricky thing, man. See, you're predisposed, right? Hey, listen, Irish kid from Boston, father's an alcoholic. Bro, there's no way that I'm not drink. I'm not an alcoholic, right? It's just how old like, were you? How old were you when you took your first drink? Probably like ten. Wow. Yeah, I mean, dude, we just this was the thing, man. We would hang out on the corner, and uh, we would, you know, hey, Mister, Mister, can you can you buy me? You know, we, right? You, you ask an adult to buy you whatever, and and the deal was you would buy whatever he was going to get for himself, right. right? You know, and we would pool all our money to get. We're ten years old, man. We'd pool like ten bucks together. We thought we were rolling, and we were like, you know, hey, we'll buy you your six pack, but can you get us a couple forties? You know, and they didn't care. So you know, you you got hooked up with your little forty, and you're hanging out like a badass on the corner of Main Street and Malden, Massachusetts, and you know, and it was uh, it was, it was messed up because. Growing up, there were never any consequences for drinking too much or too early or drinking and driving. I mean, it was just, it was really hard for my dad to check me yeah. when he was a mess, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, I'd never disrespect my dad or, or, or even call him out on it, but he was... He was in no position to say anything. Yeah, man. He was smart enough to know that that's an argument he didn't want to get into with me. And quite frankly, at 10 years old, there wouldn't have been an argument. I just would have done whatever he said, right? Um, and so, dude, I um, threw out my whole, t you know, high school. And once I, once I got my driver's license, bro, you know, it just intensified. Yeah, because you then know? you're off doing your own thing, just yeah. wherever you want, whenever you want. And, you know, when you run with crazy, crazy becomes your new normal, man, right? Because nobody in that group is going to check you because to check you, they got to check their own behavior and that ain't ever going to happen. So, you know, I reached out to a buddy, man. His name was Bobby Mack. And uh, after I, I'm talking 30 years have gone by, right? I started my program. I, you know, I was working on my book. I was doing this and that. And I reached out to him because there was a reunion. Hadn't been to a reunion ever. I figured it's been like 30, 35 years. I says, let me go check it out. You know, see, see who's still kicking. Right. And, uh, so I called him and, uh, I told him we were playing catch up and I said, yeah, man, apparently I had a problem with drinking in a day. I said, you know, I've been sober for 26 years. He goes, you think? He says, Cal, man, we, everybody knew you were an alcoholic. We all were. And it was like, say that again, Bobby. He goes, we all were. And I go, right, man, because when you run with crazy, man, crazy is your new normal. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I, don't, I can't tell you how many wrecked cars and, and, and just, you know, close calls, almost killed buddies. And it just... I don't know man it's just this indifference you're like you got selective amnesia right you remember the good times you don't ever dwell on the bad times and so everything's everything you started to uh you, you started to tell the story i'm not sure if you were able to complete it um getting ready for work oh my god yeah so so throughout my whole life right i drinking is it's like breathing. It was like if I had to breathe, it was that was me drinking. Very, very, I would say high functioning, right? So um, it wasn't like I had to drink um, every day. But when I did, there was no stopping. It, it, it didn't stop. Um, and so that went through all through college, all through, and even on the job. You know, it's, it never went away. So I'm about, let's see, two or three years on the job. I just married my wife, Nicole, in 95. And uh, I, I wrecked her vet. You know, she went away, like, to Orlando with her, with her cousin. And I took the vet out with one of my buddies. It was, like, Halloween night, and we were partying. And, and I ended up, you know, just destroying this upper and lower control arm, snapped, you know, just craziness and um she got home she was like what happened to the car you know where's the car i had a convertible mustang in the driveway because i had the vet at the shop she's like where's the mustang i was the where's the vet I go, i'm getting some work done to it and she was like i go well you know yeah it had a little fender bender uh you know and then i said yeah i 
basically totaled it, right? You know, she lost her mind. She's like been married to me for six months. She's like, God. And it was funny, man. She wasn't mad. I think she was concerned. She was like, God damn, what did I get myself into with this guy? You know, he's he's moderately good looking. He's funny. He amuses me. But he is he's got some problems, right? So now like my problems are her problems, right? <laughs> that's you know, six months into a marriage, that's that's no bueno, you know. So um I kept drinking that way forever. And then uh, one night I was out riding with the boys. So what we, we worked midnights. So we would get together with all the with the crew. You know how we are, bro, right? We got a small crew that we run with. Everybody's got each other's back. And uh, we would ride our motorcycles during the day. We'd go bar hopping all day. And then we'd have to wrap up the night's festivities around 9 o'clock because you got to go home, shower up, and you got to get to roll call by 1030. Well, you know, dude, I'm half in the bag all the time, right? Because it's just never any consequences, man, for being too fucked up, you know, on or off duty. And, you know, guys take care of you, right? And that's a double-edged sword because nobody, nobody likes a rat, man. Nobody likes a rat. But there comes a point when there's a problem, when you're more fucked up on the call than the suspect that you're dealing with. You know what I mean? Yep. You can't, you can't, you can't operate like that. And you got a gun and like, you, you know, you're, this is, you know, it's only funny now because I didn't kill anybody. Right. right. Get anybody <laughs> right. Killed. But you know, you're saying like, man, could you have been any more irresponsible? Right. But you know, I got people that, that have my back and it's not a big deal. So, I'm showering up, bro. I'm throwing up all over myself. I get my uniform on, and I can't even see, bro. I'm in full uniform. I'm in my marked unit. I'm trying to back out of the driveway, and uh, it's just it ain't happening. And um, my neighbor, Roger, calls Nicole. He calls her panicked. He goes, there's something wrong with John. He's, uh, he's in the car. He's slumped over the wheel. Roger doesn't know what time it is, you know. He just thinks, I don't know, fucking heart attack or some medical emergency, right? Nicole comes out. She's screaming at me. I'm, you know, I'm embarrassing her. And so she calls my buddy Steve, right? This guy has been a brother, like, from day one, man. He's the guy you go through the door with and you know everything's going to be okay. He's that guy, right? So uh, she calls Steve, come get your drunk friend, Right. So he shows up to my house with another deputy because they're going to drive me and my marked unit to the district so I can sleep it off. So he ends up hooking me up. I end up sleeping at a deputy's parents house in an adjoining city to our district. And back in the day, our radios, they didn't have identifiers like they do right now. Right. So if you keyed up your mic, it was just a transmission. It wasn't tied to any one person. So he handled all my calls all night, answered up for all my calls all night while I slept it off. Then about four o'clock in the morning, the sergeant wanted to see me, right? Because he, I'd never made it to roll call. So, um, you remember Jim from taxi? No, no. So this dude, man, his hair was all jacked up and he was like, he was always, he was really animated and he was like, he was just this crazy dude, right? I looked like that guy, man. My looked like I had an afro. My hair was all jacked up, and I'm just reeking of alcohol, right? And I end up, the sergeant wants to meet me at a place we called the Y. It was the, uh, where a couple roads, where Peters and Davey meet, right? There's a little 7-Eleven there. He goes, hey, meet me at the Y. It's about four in the morning now. I show up, and he just looks at me, and he's like, God damn. Are you all right? I go, yeah, I'm all right. He goes, no, you're not, man. You're not all right. Go home. Go home. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. And, dude, you want to talk about sobering up? Dude, that ride home, I was just like, that's it. It's over. You know, because you and I both know, brother, that there are a lot of people that would have put me in the back of their car and taken me to the bat, right, the breath alcohol testing facility, and they would have they processed me for a DUI, you know, being drunk on duty cardinal sin man that's yeah you know yeah. in the movies right in the movies it happens all the time 
in real life, administrations do not have any tolerance for you being messed up on duty. Um, so I go home. Next day I go into work, man, I'm sober, right? And uh, they both, both my sergeants sit me down and they said, hey, listen, last night is never going to happen again. I go, you got two options. You can either get help or we're going to come in and refer you. But one way or the other, you know, last night was on us, right? And so this was like, there was like a bunch of lessons that I take away from this. Um, they use their rank to be part of my solution, right? We both know bosses that would have been, you're fucked. You, you know, we're taking your badge, we're taking your gun, you're on the desk, and we opened up an IA on you. And I don't know that they would have been wrong had they done that, right? This is of my making, right? My, I did this. But they went it and they took it in a different direction, right? So I decide that I'm going to go get help. So I go to AA. And I don't know if you know this, David, but they have AA meetings for cops run by cops. It's the craziest thing. I didn't even know it existed. So I go to my meeting. It's at a retired Davy Cops house uh, over off a of university drive. He runs meetings eight o'clocks on, uh, on Thursday nights. So I go to this meeting and I walk in the door and it's like Norm walking in the chairs, right? I know half the room. I'm like, oh, you know, hey, look at you. And I'm like, all right, well, that explains a lot. That fucking guy, you know, I, you know he wasn't doing a good job of hiding it, right? So, you know, all these <laughs> dots start connecting, right? I'm like... Yeah. All right, all right. And then um, I go up to a guy. He was, this is in the early 90s. He was like the undersheriff, fucking heavy hitter, like second, third in command. I go, yep. uh, Colonel, Colonel? He goes, I'm not a colonel here, man. I'm just like you. <sighs> Brother, I get fucking chills just thinking about what he said to me. I'm just like you. And like that wasn't a that was a moment for me, man. It was like, you know what? This guy's been doing the job longer than I've been alive, and he's just as fucked up as I am. Like these demons, man. They don't discriminate, brother. They don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're young, if you're old. They don't care if you're a rookie or if you've been doing the job for thirty years. They're gonna come to you. They're gonna find you, and so. You know, I was just like, I was humbled. I was just like, oh, yeah, man. All right, good. Okay, yeah, we are the same. You know, and that was like a moment where I was like, I can get through this. You know, I, I, I can I can do this, right? We're all the same. We all get the same bullshit, man. And it's just a matter of being man enough, right? Having the, the internal strength to deal with problems, Right, to address them, and we can address them in a million different ways. But we got to acknowledge that there's a problem. Then we got to do something about it. So uh, I went to AA. I I I did. The, I worked what I had to work out, and then uh, I had a shift change. Right. So now I'm getting bumped from mids. Now I'm going to be on our two to ten shift, which was a problem for me because my meetings were Wednesdays. I'm, I'm Thursday nights at eight. So I go back to my sergeant. I said, hey, Sarge, uh, meetings are good. Everything's good. I'm, 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 I'm doing what I need to do. He goes, I know you are. I said, well, I got a problem. I go, uh, I just got bumped. And uh, I'm working when my meetings are. This guy, you would have loved this guy. He goes, you don't have a problem. Per me, put yourself on an area check from 745 until you're done with your meetings. You go to your meetings on duty brother didn't check with the lieutenant didn't check with the chief didn't run it by anybody wasn't overly concerned um the other part of my program is reaching supervisors especially frontline supervisors the power that you have that you possess to be part of somebody's solution nobody's taking that away from you you just gotta care enough to utilize it we got so many bosses out there that are worried about what they're Next in command's going to, fuck that motherfucker. You know what? The right thing to do is always the right thing to do. It doesn't depend on a, a, a political culture or a time of the season. This guy, at risk to his own well-being, said, 
you are going to meetings on duty per me. Who's going to step to him with that decision? See, he's got the, he's got the strength and the confidence to make that decision because it's the right decision, right? And so he utilized his rank not to put the screws to somebody, not to, not to ostracize somebody, not to make somebody's life more difficult. He used his rank to take care of somebody, which is the thing that I think we've gotten so far away from, you know? And so as, as when I became a boss, that was like my mission, brother. I was just like, you know what? There's nothing. If you're one of my guys, right? There's nothing that you have ever done that I haven't done 10 times over. So you come to me if you need help and we'll figure it out together. And if you got to get your pee-pee smacked, you'll get your pee-pee smacked and then we'll move on, right? And that's just the way it'll be. I said, but I will always have your back, but you got to have each other's back and that's the rule. And so, you know, having that problem, man, actually, you know, at the time made me a better boss, right? Because I had perspective now. I, I Listen, if you've never been indicted, if you've never been looking, looking to lose your job and your livelihood, if you've never been investigated by the FBI for civil rights violations, fucking 1980, 1994, you know, if you've never been throwing up all night or have the shits all night because you're thinking that your freedom is going to be taken from you, if you've never had to endure that, then you got no business being a boss, man. Because you can't relate to your people, man. Because your people are going through the same shit, right? And so, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it, it's, it's all good. It's just the way it works out. It's important to be part of other people's solutions, you know? Period. Period. I, I hear you. I've, I've had some really, really incredible bosses that, um, you know, and I've had a couple of bad ones, too. <laughs> yeah, we, haven't we all, right? But yeah. that's, that, that gives us perspective, right? But... Primarily, I've ha I've been I've had such a great career because I've had great great bosses. Right. Oh, and, know, like and, and it's I think you know I think agencies don't their billets that need to be filled. Right. And I don't think they sometimes make the assignments with the seriousness that they they deserve. You know, it's less important who the sheriff is, who the chief is. It's more important. The sergeant plays more of a vital role in the health of the organization than the leader of the organization. And I think that sometimes we, uh, we don't take serious enough who we decide to make frontline supervisors because literally they're the ones, they're the ones showing the guys, they're the ones going through the door, they're the ones who are going to pick up on things, right? They're the ones that are going to be there for the debriefs. And they're the ones that are going to be there to identify guys that are struggling and then come up with solutions, right? And so, you know, if you got some shithead who, who just got his stripes, you know, and he's in it for himself, you know, and he's, you know, walking around like, uh, you know, Johnny Big Balls, you know, that's not going to work out well for anybody. Right? I've seen a couple of those too. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, it's, um, like I said, man, it's been a crazy ride. I said, you know, destroyed my marriage, rebuilt it, you know, the alcoholism, the addictions with the steroids and, you know, all those dark places and, you know. How long were you addicted to the steroids? Oh, brother. So, remember I told you, so I, I, I nipped the, I nipped the alcohol thing in the bud, right? I, I'm doing good. Um, it was almost like 10 years to the day, so I'm no longer drinking. But uh, in 2005, there was a company called Power Medica down here. Basically, bro, I don't know if you remember back in 2005, but that hormone replacement therapy gig yep. was catching on, catching on nationwide. And you could basically order whatever you wanted, any kind of steroid you wanted, and there was some doctor. I think he was up in New York. Yeah, sorry, brother. You know, he's he was some some clown doctor, man, who was just signing prescriptions, right? And so, like, oh, you had a prescription, so you were covered, right? But you know, everybody knew what the scam was. So, uh, you know, you basically went on. You gave, yeah, give me ten bottles of sip and eight. Give me a couple bottles of Winstrel, a little bit of Deca, uh, and you know, we'll work it out. And uh, you you ordered whatever you wanted in whatever quantities you wanted. 
there was nothing legitimate about this, right? But we were playing the game. Um, how'd you so learn what to order? Like, how did you learn the science? Because there's a science behind it. There's a huge science behind it. But what ends up happening is when you're a moron, you think you know what's best for you. And so you, 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 you know, you read an article in Muscle and Fitness and now you think you're a fucking subject matter expert. You know, <laughs> it's just so bad, bro. And, you know, and I wasn't the only one, man. I was in a, it was a group of us, right? About 20 of us. And uh, my whole thing, you know, started innocently enough, right? I was, I was already a boss and I was looking for an edge, man. I wanted to be better. I figured if I was bigger, I'd be a better leader. And, you know, I don't, uh, I was, it was almost like I was never enough, man. I, I wasn't, uh, I just, I didn't feel like I was being the best that I could be. And for whatever reason, David, I don't know, I don't know, because none of the great leaders in my life were jacked up dudes. You could argue that they were not fit at all, right? But somehow I had this, you know, fucking. You know, Robert Duvall, Apocalypse Now, you know, bombs going off, and I'm on the beachhead, and I'm like, you know, bullets whizzing by, and fucking yeah. don't worry, sorry, you know, get out of the car, throw a dip in, Sarge is here, you know, all jacked up, don't worry, guys, you know. It's fucking, I don't know, man, it's like movie shit, you know, just nothing was based in reality. And um, so, you know, and, and had I had I had somebody initially check me, I would have realized that I was actually, the guys actually loved the boss that I was, man. Because cause I had their back. It wasn't about projecting an outward physical appearance. It was about being solid, being somebody that they could come to, being somebody that had their back. Actually caring for them. Cared for them. And, and I did, man. I cared for them deeply. And then the more steroids I did, the less I cared about them. It, 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 it completely like backfired. And like I became a worse leader the more steroids I did. Um, I started it, it, to ask you yesterday. Uh, so roid rage is a real thing? I don't want to say roid rage. What happens is your, your hormones and your emotions get all fucking jacked up. So you overreact and to things that shouldn't shouldn't even raise an eyebrow but you lose your shit over them not because it upsets you it's because your internal the internal mechanisms that you have to deal with to, emotions to keep things even dude you know it, they're not you're not stable you are you are the exact opposite of that you are out of control emotionally um and that's not good. Right? I mean, you especially can have Especially when you're carrying a gun. Especially right. when you're carrying a gun and you're dealing with people. Right. right. Yeah, that's the guy we need. The guy We need that guy, right? Fucking walking around <laughs> with a gun who's all fucking juiced out of his mind. Um, and, and this is the problem, man, is that we're supposed to have clarity, right? And, and we're supposed to be able to in, in, interject ourselves into violent, insane situations and bring calm and clarity to them. That's what we do. Right. That's what we do. But if you're the storm, if you're the storm and you're showing up, bro, it's not going to get any better. Um, and, and the crazy thing about all this is crazy's the new norm, because I've also surrounded myself with people that are doing the same thing. So nobody's checking me. My agency decided to check me after the second suspension, but they were still trying to figure it out. Um, I got suspended uh, twice over it, and they, um, the last time, they threatened me with termination if I didn't turn over my medical records, and uh, dude, it just, it, it, got, it got really crazy. Um, it shouldn't surprise you that during this time I had my affair. I mean, dude, fucking, I was out of my mind. Everything, alcohol never made me lose my mind. It made me do some stupid things, but it never made me lose my mind. I never lost, I didn't lose clarity when I was drinking. I'm just the only way I can explain it. I lost my mind when I got addicted to steroids. I, I was intentionally dismantling everything that I loved. Um, you know, I actually sat on my daughter's bed and told her, 
that daddy was going to have someplace else to live and it was going to be okay. She'd have two bedrooms. And uh, I tried selling this shit to my daughter, man. And uh, I tried to make, you know, she remembers that to this day. And I just, I was not, I hated myself. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a place, man, where you absolutely fucking can't stand the look of you. But I tell you what, it was it was as real um, as you and me sitting here having a conversation, brother. And uh, I, uh, you know, I think I have my act together, right? Like I said, moderately intelligent. I've had a great life. Um, you wouldn't think that looking at me, you know, like I, this would be somebody that would think about hurting himself, right? You know, what the fuck are you complaining about, right? You got the world by the balls, right? But when you're all fucked up, when you're when you when you are emotionally distraught, um, unthinkable things start entering your mind, and and you know, like we were talking about that yes, uh, last time we were talking, it was like, well, what what would somebody be thinking? If they wanted to hurt themselves, like how, how much internal pain is somebody facing for them to come to some sort of thought process that the the world's a better place without them? What happened? How does that happen? And, And it happens because you don't see a way out. You don't see a way out. You and and you think that the only way out is to take yourself out of the, the equation, right? And it's the most ridiculous line of thinking. You say to yourself, you know, if I hurt myself, maybe she'll love me again. Maybe my daughter will, will look at me the way she used to before I hurt her mom. But And in that line of thinking... But if you're not here, you can't right the you wrong. You can never recover. Yep, you, can you can never, never recover. You can never be a better father, a better husband, a better friend, a better anything. If you hurt yourself and if you kill yourself, you can never right the wrong. Right? There is no world that exists that's better off without you in it. Right? If we only knew, only knew how much we are loved, right? if there was a way to bottle that right and to know in the moment that you know you are loved beyond measure you know that would be the thing that would allow us to pump the brakes for a second right and go all right yeah this is fucking crazy what am i doing all right i know this sucks man but i i I got a lot of work ahead of me but that's okay because i got people that love me and i'm going to get through this right and that's the message that we got to get out to our brothers and sisters because in the moment you don't see a way out and you can't because of the fog of emotion. You can't, you can't see through that emotion. That, that emotion blinds you to the obvious. And so, you know, it takes people to shake you, to bring you back to reality. Reality is you're not going to hurt yourself because you can't, you can't improve if you hurt yourself, if you're not here. You can't right the wrong. You can't be a better version of yourself. You can't. So being that for somebody, right? going for a walk with somebody around the block to let them know that it's going to be okay. Right, David? Yep, yep. Sometimes that's what needs to happen. And that's it all means, that needs to means, happen. It means the world. It means the right? world. And so, uh, yeah, I had uh, I had some people. Um, my primary care physician, guy I had not seen in fucking years because I knew he would not have approved with what I was doing guy named carlos levy i mean solid dude bro like this prime he's my my he was my primary i moved i hadn't seen him in a while but uh all tatted up bro extreme athlete iron man i mean you'd look at this dude and you'd be like yeah you're not a doctor he's a a, a family man loving person this dude loves unconditionally man he's just an amazing human being and uh I hadn't seen him in a while. I walked into his office. I sat down. I was waiting for him to finish up with another patient. And uh, we would always hug when we saw each other. I mean, that's the kind of doctor he was. He's like, brother, come on. You know, bring it in for the good stuff, right? You know, big hug. And uh, he hadn't seen me in a while, dude. And uh, I walked into his office, and I was jacked, bro. He, he was, I was almost unrecognizable. And uh, 
we hugged and we didn't we, it was it, it got it got super emotional because th i was in just in so much pain man and uh you know i told him about what i had done to nicole and what was going on in my head and the thoughts i was having and he's it, it, this dude would run two hours late if he had to all day to make sure that you were okay and he was just like i said solid man solid individual and uh we got he put me on track man he got me he got he, he gave me some clarity and, and he gave me some hope that there was a way to move forward that didn't involve me hurting myself right and you know and so uh he was another guy that you know was a huge part of saving john kelly and i think i started off this with you you know you don't do 30 years man by yourself you do 30 years because there are people that you meet along your journey that care about you more than you care about yourself at sometimes. That's the name of your of your your movie script, Saving John <laughs> Kelly. Oh my god. Too or, funny, or your bro. book, you know, it'll be that'll be an incredible book title too, Saving John Kelly. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Man, it's that's uh, a, that, it's a blessed life, man, but it's a blessed life because of the caring of others. And I think, you know, like what you're doing, it's about being part of the solution, man. It's only people can't fix themselves if they don't know they're broken. Right? I think I saw that the other day. I was like, right, well, you can't fix something if, you, if it's not broken, right? Well, if, you, if you're fucking broken and you, you, you just don't think you are, because you've been doing a really good job of wearing different masks and not coming to grips with the reality of your situation, then yeah, it's going to be a little bit to get you fixed. But at the end of the day, brother, we're all broken, man. You know, we're, and if we're all broken, we can we're all fixable. You know. Yes, sir. I. Um, what's three pieces of advice that you would give your younger self, like your eighteen-year-old self? It's funny, right? Uh, the things that I have learned, um, and I've learned, they, they weren't internal. Uh, they were they were things that were brought to me from people along my along the path. Um, I guess the first thing I would tell my younger self is, um, there's no situation that you could ever find yourself in that you can't get yourself out of. First and foremost, that. The first part of all of that is owning it. Don't blame. Take responsibility for where you are and, and what you want to do in life. Um, and I, I would say the third thing is, is once you have some calmness and clarity, share that. Because there's, there's, there's a lot of pain and turmoil walking around right next to you down the hall. And so... Once you get to a place of peace, I think it's incumbent upon young John Kelly to share what you've figured out, right? Because, dude, I'm going to die. You're going to die. It's inevitable. 100% right? so guaranteed. Nobody makes it out alive. Right. No. So what do we leave behind? What do we leave behind? Do we, do we impact people? In a, in a real substantive, meaningful way, do we, do, we, do we change people's lives for the better? Did we leave this world better than we found it? And those are the things I think that are, I think that is part of the driving force behind what you're doing, what I'm trying to do, is um, that it's okay not to know, but you know, there are a bunch of people out there willing to help you figure some things out. And, and I think it's just, you know, it's about having each other's backs, right? Yes, sir. Um, if, if money wasn't an equation and you could just, like, what would you do all day if money wasn't in the equation? For your psychic, your psychic income, one of my mentors, he talked about having multiple streams of income. And then he talked about having psychic income. And I, th I think the answer is you're kind of already kind of doing it. You're helping you're helping a I certain was gonna amount say, of people. I would just do what I did yesterday, man. You know, and do what I'm doing today. You know, I um, and I don't listen. There's always room, right? There's always room to discover and improve. And but I got to tell you, um, 
What'd you do yesterday? I spoke to this really cool guy, man, that I've never what met else did- before. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. What, what else did you do yesterday? Dude, I spent time with my wife. We were exercising together. Um, we were hitting the gym together. You know, we, we went for a walk later in the day. I sat down uh, outside at night at the fire pit with my daughter, and we talked about her day and her life and what was going on with her. Called a couple friends and checked on them. And uh, I think we ended up watching a little thing on Netflix, and then I hit reset, man, and we went to bed. You know, eh, it um, sounds like a good day. It sounds it like a good day. It was a blessed day. day, man. And you know, it it it. Uh, you know, you can't have the sweet without the sour, right, man? So I I, I appreciate these moments and these days. Um, you know, you don't have to look far to find somebody who who wishes they had your life. No matter how shitty you think the day's going, there's somebody that's wishing they were you. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I know I'm just blessed, bro. I'm blessed. I, uh, I'm very fortunate. You know, I've got to do some things in my life. And, um, and I'm, this is like chapter two, brother. I'm, I'm not done. I've, I've got, I'm only 55. I got a long way to go. I, uh, got a lot of things I want to accomplish. So what does chapter two look like? What's the plan? What's the projects coming up? So um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, right? I uh, I just wrote a book, right? It's it, listen when I tell. Did you hold it up? I think you held it up. I think you held it up when we weren't recording. I think uh, it was. So, uh, let's see here. Yeah, there we go. Re, what's the title of that? Surviving self-inflicted wounds. Self-inflicted wounds. A deputy's uh, life of redemption. Deputy's life of redemption yeah, by John but, Kelly. Yeah. No, but, no, no author name, right? That's me, brother. That's John Kelly. Me, myself, and I, man. And uh, so I'm, that's going to be released in June, late June. All right, good. Um, so this episode will probably be out in uh, May because I'm, I'm a few ahead right now. May, right. May or June. I'll give you a heads up when it's All out. Right, cool, man. Yeah, but, so uh, this is be good. available. And, uh, yeah, this is good promotion for that. Dude, it's great promotion for it. You know, listen, man. I um, Like I said, man, bro, I'm a moron. You know, I... I just, a a life of firsts, right? In the second chapter, everything's first, bro. I wrote a book. I'm like, okay, now I'm trying to put my program out there, right? That sometimes heroes need help program. I'm uh, I'm trying to get in front of bosses and put it on for their people. And it's, I'm starting to get some traction. I'm going to be presenting for the FBI uh, at their executive leadership session down in Key West. Yeah, man, right? That's awesome. Congratulations. uh, I'm actually going out to Iowa. In September, there's a uh, first responder wellness conference, and uh, I'm 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 a keynote. <laughs> I'm That's a keynote. incredible, dude. So I'm going to be speaking to a, a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of first responders in all walks of life, talking about my program and talking about uh, you know how we take care of each other and the importance of that. And so I'm just you know I'm just doing my thing, man. I'm just trying trying to make a difference, right? To I'm gonna see if I can join you in uh, in Iowa. Iowa, you said? Yeah, bro, Iowa. Okay, never, dude, I've never listen, never been. I gotta do a little research. <laughs> do you know the S is silent in Des Moines? I did it's not know that, dude. I, I I said to the guy, I was like Des Moines. He looked at me. And he was like, <laughs> I'm like, what? what I said. He goes, it's Des Moines. Des Moines. I knew how to I knew how to pronounce it, dude. I didn't. I know. Actually, I forgot. I, I had been to Iowa. Um, my son was going. Uh, he was going to the university for a little while. Okay. When, yeah, yeah dude, he was going to. He was going to join their wrestling team. West Des Moines. Des Moines. You get, West it, Des Moines. Why have S's if you're not even going to say them? <laughs> Don't understand that, man. To talk to somebody in that state. John, I got uh, five more questions for you. Um, yeah, it's my last five. And then I, we're going to wrap it because I got to hop on another call in f- about 15 minutes from now. Oh, I rapid fire. What do you got? All right. So what is your definition of a hero? How do you define a hero? A hero gives of themselves when there is nothing left to give. Till they're empty. That's it. When, sh- when stress is at its highest and you're starting to feel like you're starting to almost reach your breaking point, how do you save yourself? How do you show yourself love now? I talk. 
I talk, man. If that's the case, bro, you know, like you got to check on me later, right? You can't shut me up. No, bro, I talk because for the longest time, I didn't say a word. I just kept my mouth shut and I just sucked it up. And that just made the situation worse. So when there's stress, when there's an issue, I, uh, I don't ignore it anymore, man. Whatever it is, I, I, I just have a very civil, straightforward, matter of fact discussion i talk and you started to uh break down your coaching program on the last uh yesterday's part one um real quick could you just tell people uh if they want to get in touch with you like how they reach out to you sure so uh i've got a website it's called lawenforcementlifecoach.com all one word and lawenforcementlifecoach.com uh, yep and uh or, you know, john at lawenforcementlifecoach.com. That's the email. And, um, it, you know, it's about taking like a whole life approach to our, our well-being, right? Personal, professional, financial, physical, and mental health. Um, and that whole epiphany that I had was that if you don't address the whole of the person and you just focus on one area, you know, I'm going to focus on my finances. I'm not going to worry about anything else. Well, if you don't look at your relationships and your physical health and just your finances, your physical health is going to tank. You're, you may not have a relationship to go back to. Uh, and so that's going to impact your financial health. So it, it, everything's interrelated. And so by taking small, incremental, sustainable steps, we get better. We don't, we're never going to be perfect. Right, we're never going to be perfect, but the day the, the the goal is to be better today than we were yesterday, incrementally. What's your uh, greatest strength? Your what's your best ability or your greatest strength? Your power. My power, I think now, rests with my ability not to give a fuck about me. I I think that I I've seen this firsthand. By my not caring what you think of me, it, it frees me to say and expose myself, my strengths and my weaknesses, because I think we're always, we're, we're, we're consumed with, oh, I wonder what David thinks of me. Dude, I, listen, I don't care what you think of me, brother, you know, and, and you either like me or you don't, and if you either, I'm good with either option, right? And I think that not caring about what other people think allows you to be you to be real and then at the end of the day man i think if more people were like that if more people didn't have an agenda if more people stepped to you the right way from a position of caring and and and, and being genuine i think man i think that's the start of making this world of ours a, a, a hell of a better place to be um are you so a gary v fan I don't, I'm sorry, brother. I don't know who that is. Oh, my God. It's so funny that you said that because he talks about not caring about, like, internet trolls and, like, what somebody somebody's typing about you on social media because he's, he, if, you follow, if, if you give him a follow, you'll see that same exact message. He talks about it all the time. Oh, he's figured some stuff out then, man. That's good. Yeah. That's good, man. Gary, good Gary, Vayner, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'll, I'll text you his name. Yeah, that'd be great, man. And in my last question for you, if you had a comic superpower, what would your comic super be, superpower be and, and why? Dude, a comic superpower? Yeah. Oh, God, bro. That's a good one. Because I'm not just about our everyday heroes. I love comic heroes, too. <laughs> Right, well, listen, I, I've got a limited repertoire when it comes to comic book heroes, man. I, I know the, you know, the, the, the general basics, right? Okay, so um, if you could imagine a power, like uh, I'm watching this um, series on Netflix. It's called Raising Dion. With, okay. uh, I'm watching it with my girl and her kids, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a really cute show. But the kid, he, uh, he moves things with his mind, but like right. if he doesn't know what a word means, he kind of just makes up powers 
with his mind. Like he'll just make it up. Like he made a tornado in his hand and uh, he didn't know what it was called, but he just like, he thought of something and he made it. So I'm giving you the same ability right now. You can make up a power. What would your power be? Dude. I don't, that's a left brain, right brain thing, bro. I'm not creative <laughs> like that, bro. You're creative. I'm not creative. Would you, would you, all right, would you want, would you want, uh, would you want strength like the Hulk? No, I've been you had, that. You, yeah, yeah, I was going to say you had that. that. <laughs> I don't want that. that. No, man. Would you want to be fat? Would you want to be super what? fast? You know like I'd want, I'd, I'd, Flash? I'd, I'd, I'd want. Would you want to poof in and out of rooms like? Poof, poof, poof. I don't know. I think I, I would. I would want more knowledge. Okay, so mental mental Men, capability. That's, yeah, I would want more knowledge, man. Because I think, I think that too many people speak without knowing, right? And I all think right, so I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you your power. All right. All right. If you see. A subject or a word, you instantly can absorb everything about that just by touching a book or like, you know, touching the word or on... just touching your touching your forehead and then I whatever knowledge and experience was in your head now I have. Boom. That's your power. I love it. That's your superpower. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And then I also want to be able to shoot lasers out of my eyes. All right, all right, all right. Got to have some offensive weapons too. You, need, you can't. It can't be a strictly defensive game, bro. You need to up. Yeah. So I want the lasers in the eyes. Well, I I do want all. I want all mental capabilities too. Like I want to be able to lift things with the mind. Okay. I want to be able to make myself fly, so I can lift myself. Right. But I can also put people to sleep instantly, not by being boring, but like just with thought. <laughs> <laughs> just with the Dude. thought, like like if somebody's being aggressive. Poof, right. you, you sleep. You just you, drop to the ground and fall asleep. You have put way too much thought into this, man. <laughs> you set me up, bro. You've got all this stuff figured out. Oh. Uh, I love I love everything. That's awesome, bro. I love everything science fiction uh, awesome. when it comes to like superheroes and like cool. every Marvel movie that comes out, I watch every single one on Disney, Disney nice. Plus and um and every DC movie that comes out, I watch them all too. I even don't listen to you, this podcast. You got some like little, like the Flash onesie with the built-in feet during the winter, right? Come on, bro. Uh, when I when I Close. was ten, I had my Superman right. pajamas, right. Superman Close. undies. <laughs> I actually tell a, a story about uh, wrapping the pillowcase around my neck and pretending to fly like Superman when I was why, like, listen, you know, bro, why not, man? It's you. It's you. Yeah, it's definitely me, man. I've got the visual, It's, it's all me, and I, unapologetically me. No John, need to apologize, I, brother. No, no, unapologetically. Uh, I um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time and talking to me today. Like, um, it, it, was, it was a really deep conversation, and I think that a lot of people are going to get value out of it. And one more time, if people want to reach out to you, John at... John at lawenforcementlifecoach.com or just the website, lawenforcementlifecoach.com. All right. And once I start to create show notes, I will put this in the show notes. Nice. That's awesome. That's bro. like the next, that's the next evolution, evolution of the podcast and the blog. Very that's cool. The next, that's the next step that I have right? to implement. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm glad we connected. I tell you this, you know, and, and no bullshit, bro. This is, I, I feel this is a connection like, this isn't this isn't one and done, man. You know. No, 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 no. Up, bro. I, 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 you got an energy, man. You, and uh, it's Thank been you. a pleasure, man. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this last couple of days of talking. I really, really look forward to it. Look forward Thank to you, the John. relationship continuing too. Yeah, man. Um, if you don't hear from me in thirty days, then make it a point to reach out to me. But I, I will set. I will set a reminder in my phone. That's what I do. I use Siri to set reminders. Okay. And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, call, Siri, remind me to call John Kelly <laughs> on this date. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Yeah, man. We'll definitely stay in touch. It's been a pleasure. All right, brother. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you so Sounds much. Good. Pleasure was all mine, brother.
All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith1. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.